WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. These past two days, I have dealt so much with the concept of like in sports. It's depressing. I'm not saying anybody should like Barry Bonds, but the Pirates should just retire his number. People like Tiger Woods, so they pretend he won the PGA. But he didn't. Tiger finished second. Antonio Brown is the best receiver on the planet, but that doesn't mean he is likable because he absolutely is not. He is absolutely toxic. Like doesn't matter. And if I don't like somebody, that doesn't matter either. It doesn't affect their performance or my evaluation of their performance. People don't like me, but that's okay because in general, the people who don't like me listen longer, and God knows they all follow me on Twitter. Uh, Antonio Brown doesn't care if I like him or if you like him, and he shouldn't. Uh, Pepsi cares, Facebook cares, Nike cares, EA Sports cares, but AB doesn't. And when you say all that out loud, maybe he should. Uh, Where like comes in is, you people pretend you know these people. So you speak out on behalf of your imaginary friend. Oh, AB's a good guy. How do you know AB's a good guy? Then again, how do I know he's not? Oh, wait. Maybe because he made sick kids wait four hours to see him at Children's Hospital. Or maybe because he slandered a football writer who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's how I know. Imaginary friends are the best kind of friends. If you don't meet them, they can't disappoint you. At any rate, I don't like like. I hate like. So guess what, like? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Merch Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Uh, 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. I got to tell you, I've been great today. And I was great yesterday. And I wrote a column for the trip tomorrow that's great. And you know why? Because I'm pissed. And I'm great when I'm pissed. That stuff with AB and Children's Hospital, how can you defend him? How can you not be pissed? That stuff with Ed Bouchette, who's a friend of mine, how can you not be pissed? It just amazes me that people don't understand what a circus act Antonio Brown is. And again, to repeat, I've said, and I say now again, best receiver in football best receiver in Steelers history, and he'll be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But he'll go there without a ring. Although, you know what I could see A.B. doing? First off, here's my A.B. timeline moving forward. Once Ben retires, and he said what this year? Four more years? I'd be shocked if it's four more years. But when Ben retires, A.B.'s going to want out. Because he's not going to want to catch passes from Landry Jones or Mason Rudolph. He's going to want his numbers to stay high. And then when A.B.'s at the tail end of his career, I could see him whoring himself out to a Super Bowl contender, stealing a ring just so he could finish off his resume. Like, frankly, Randy Moss tried to do in New England, but it didn't work. 
412-333-9939. Let's talk about all of this. You know you want to get stuff off your chest now. 412-333-9939. I think the two best things we've talked about all day are the dollar store. I can't believe there's a store where literally everything in it is a dollar. And it, it, it this store on Noblestown Road, it's like the size of a warehouse. I mean, no offense to the people who work there. Because I find a store like that quite useful. But it's even chintzier and lower rent than Walmart. And I really didn't think that was possible. I asked the, the lady at the cash register, and she was very nice. Is everything here really a dollar? And she goes, well, if it's not food, they're sales tax. He goes, but the candy bars are less than a dollar. But I did not get a candy bar. And uh, talking about Better Call Saul today. If you told me that moving forward for the rest of my life, I could either watch NFL football or Better Call Saul, that wouldn't even be a choice. I would opt for Better Call Saul. If you told me moving forward that I could either watch NFL football or that 70s show reruns, I would watch that 70s show reruns. And that says a lot because, as, as you know, sometimes during the show, I watch that 70s show reruns while I'm on the air. And the TV in my studio does not have closed caption. It probably does, but I've not yet figured out how to work it. But I can watch that 70s show rerun without sound, without closed caption, because I have them memorized, know exactly what's being set up there. So think about that. I would rather watch shows that I have memorized than watch NFL football. I know I get these, these tweets all the time. Oh, you hate the Steelers. I don't hate the Steelers. I hate what they've become under Tomlin, quite frankly. A circus act. But there's plenty of guys I like and respect. Roethlisberger. Uh, Hayward. Foster. Uh, Marquise Ponce. There's a guy. Give me credit for giving him credit. Because when he came to Pittsburgh, was wearing the free Hernandez hat and stuff. I thought he was a punk. He's grown up and become a real leader. And I really respect him for doing that. Same thing with Marcus Gilbert. People can grow up. People can mature. People can become less shallow. Antonio Brown has not. Le'Veon Bell has not. But I will say this. When Ben retires, man, I'm going to hate this team. Hate everything about it. Because if there's anybody left I still like, it'll be overwhelmed by the people I don't. But I, I'm a Ben fan. I root for Ben. I hope Ben wins another Super Bowl. If there was a way for Ben to win a Super Bowl and Antonio to not, that would be ideal. But I'm willing to live with Antonio getting a ring if Ben gets a third one. You know, as much as I like Ben, you know, I've only gone to see him play once, ever. That said, you know what I'm tempted to do? I don't know for sure that I will. I'm tempted to go see Troy get inducted into the Hall of Fame and Ben get inducted in the Hall of Fame. Because make no mistake, those are my two all-time favorite Steelers. Troy Pulamalu and Ben Roethlisberger. Jack Camp too, but he's just so old. Just so old. I'll tell you, though, I saw a picture recently of Jack with a bunch of other Steelers in the 70s. You know who looks good still? Jack and Mel. Mel Blunt. The rest look like they could drop at any second. Well, me and Joe looks okay. I'm just still scared of him, I guess. Peter King, who we have on at 530. 
There's this great video. I'm going to preface him coming on by telling you about this video. And you can check it out at the NBCSports.com website. Pete talks about, you know, how much he loves training camp at Latrobe, which we will talk about when he joins me. And uh, he talked about how once at Latrobe, he was leaving the field. He looked at the field. And there was one guy on the field. He was sitting on a bench smoking a cigar. And Pete goes, I got to, you know, move closer and see who it is. It's Mean Joe Green. Obviously, you know, long since retired. Mean Joe Green's sitting there smoking a cigar. And Peter King goes, I was thinking about going up to talk to him. But he was kind of by himself and obviously reveling in the solitude. And I forget Pete's exact words, but he said, and he's still Mean Joe Green, and I'm kind of scared. Have I ever told you guys my Mean Joe Green story when I was a kid? Let me let me tell you this. This uh, Oh, wait, I'm getting a transcript here. Peter King said, I'm in the business of interrupting people, and I wasn't going to interrupt Mean Joe Green. Get your calls in now. I'd like to fill the next segment with calls leading into Peter King. But when I was a kid, probably 12 or 13, my mom took me to a Steeler game. And uh, in the third quarter, I said to my mom, Mom, can I, can I go down to the sideline? It's at Three Rivers. And I go down, and I sneak on the sideline. And I'm on the sideline, and Joe Green got hurt. And Joe Green came off the field. And I'm standing right by the tunnel. The players used to, you know, go in and out. I'm standing by the tunnel. And me and Joe Green comes walking toward the tunnel because he's hurt. He looks just, you know, Mean, because he's mean Joe Green. And I was carrying a Coke. And I, I didn't know what to say. I'm scared to death. And I go, mean Joe, I think you're the greatest player ever. And he looked at me and was like, eh. And I said, do you want my Coke? And he looked at me and I go, no, go ahead. You can have it. And mean Joe Green took my Coke and he downed it in one go. And I was walking away and I said something like, see you around. And Joe Green yells after me, hey, kid. And I turned around and mean Joe Green called me a jackass. 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Yep. You want an answer. You don't want no uh, hee-hawing. Well, I really do like the hee-hawing. The X at 105.9. It's double M on X. Got Peter King at the bottom of the hour. That's just about 10 minutes away. That'll be great. Pete's the best football writer uh, in the country. Better than Ed Bouchette even. Just ask AB. By the way, you know what happened? The Steelers players have picked up, not all of them, but, but AB, Juju for sure. They talk to the national media. They think the local media is beneath them. Actually, I think the coach thinks the local media is beneath him as well. Anyway, let's get a bunch of calls before we have Pete on. Let's go to TC in Coriopolis. TC, you're on with Double M. Double M, hey, all right, this question has been bothering me for a while, and I had forgotten about it, but when Stan was on, he talked about, um, you know, the Jacksonville loss as the, as the worst in like 43 years. And I thought back, and I was actually at the uh, Immaculate Reception game. I was like 16 years old. My older brother's 
stood in line with a buddy of his. Yeah, let's let's get to the point. Long. What's your point? Uh, well, the following week after the Immaculate Reception, we played the Dolphins. And we played them in Pittsburgh, and I know because I was at that game too. And that was the year they were under. Right. Why was the so game in Pittsburgh when the Dolphins were the higher advantage. seed, correct? What's that? You're asking why the game was in Pittsburgh when the Dolphins were the higher seed, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, they would alternate the home game. If I'm not mistaken, there were only two divisions in each conference. In each conference, each division took turns hosting the conference final. Okay. I always wonder about that. Thank you. I think. I think. I'm not totally sure about that, but uh, it, it definitely was something predetermined for sure. 412-333. No, that's wrong, too, because there were three divisions, Eastern, Central, and Western, and one wild card. Wow. So I, I don't know why. Somebody knows why, tweet me, and I'll get it on the air. The most important thing you can do in my position is to admit when you don't know. I rarely do it because I almost always know. Let's go to Maverick in Maryland. Maverick, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, how you doing today? Great. I haven't called in a little while, but uh, I figured I'd bounce a theory off you, see what your thoughts are about Ed Bouchette and uh, the Antonio Brown little Twitter battle. Right. Um, so with this being the middle of August, my thoughts are with Antonio Brown's ego is uh, fantasy football drafts are coming up. Uh, sounds a little bit crazy, but fantasy football is a big deal to uh, egotistical athletes, especially whenever you're trying to be... No, I don't early. think that A.B. is mad because Ed Bouchette might have heard his profile for fantasy football drafts. Anything else? Well, I'm thinking there's some money in uh, fantasy football, especially um, people looking at you as a number one overall wide receiver in the NFL. How would that make Antonio yeah. Brown more money? He's got so many advertisements. You got Pepsi throwing him money. You got what, Skittles. ESPN Fantasy Football app. If you hear that Antonio Brown might be having an aggravating injury, fans, people looking at him, potential buyers of these products. If I was on a bridge right now, I would jump off it. Thank you for your call. Can I get this window open? No, I cannot. Up next. He's the best pro football writer in the country, and we got him here on the show. It's Peter King from NBCSports.com on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. I think you're absolutely hilarious. It's an acquired taste. You, you have the answer, Mark. Thank you. Wait, I wasn't done insulting you. The X at 105.9. My guest right now is America's number one football writer. Be sure to check out his new home. It's Football Morning in America at NBCSports.com. He is the great uh, Peter King. Peter, I enjoyed your video about Steelers training camp in Latrobe, PA. It really is a special sight and vibe, isn't it? The, the thing I've always told people, Mark, is that, um, is that if you really love football, you know, if that's, if that's something in your life that's really important, you need to come to Latrobe, Pennsylvania, one day in the summer, and especially early, because I'll tell you, I've seen so many beautiful mornings there, and that video that we did, uh, we saw what I have seen before, because I've, I've, I compare it to Scotland, because I've been to Scotland, 
and you get up early in the morning in Scotland and you see the, the, the mist rising right off the ground. And that's exactly what you see right around that area at St. At Saint Vincent and across the street at uh, the Arnold Palmer Airport. That it just really reminds me of those rolling hills, the undulating rolling hills. It just reminds me of Scotland. And I think just the scene there and the way the Steelers touch their fans and the way their fans touch the Steelers, uh, it's unfortunately, Mark, it's becoming increasingly rare in football. And I think it's an absolute, absolute shame uh, that more teams uh, are going away from the training camp, camp mode, the training camp model, and they're moving back to their facility and uh, for, you know, year round. And uh, I just think you miss so much by not being out with the people in places like Latrobe, Pennsylvania. How should I feel about the Steelers right now, Peter? Because they're certainly a mixed bag, and it's divided along the lines of offense and defense, almost in cliched fashion. Um, well, I think you should be right in, uh, in wondering what you're going to get with this team. You should be right in wondering... Uh, you know, about, uh, you know, about who, who's going to get sacks. Um, you know, obviously you've got, you got one, uh, you know, a guy who is the Ironhead Jr. in so many ways. Um, you know, and I love Hayward, but I, I sometimes wonder, particularly with the drop off after Ryan Chazier's injury last year. You know, I just wonder how good they're going to be making plays sideline to sideline on defense. Um, so I wonder about that. And look, <laughs> the secondary has kind of been the bugaboo ever since, uh, Troy Palomalo walked away and, 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 and Ryan Clark to some degree. But it's almost, it's almost like a perennial story. Okay. Who are the next victims you're trying to corner this year? <laughs> you know. I always just look at their at their cornerback rotation in training camp and say, "Man, good luck." Uh, so you know we'll see about that. But I I think this is a very very strange year and maybe a year of transition in that division because probably the the best sort of under uh, you know underrated team under regarded team that I've seen on my training camp trip so far. And I'm in Oakland right now. The best one I've seen is Baltimore, because if Joe Flacco plays like he he can, um, they have a much better receiving group than they had last year. Uh, they've got a really intriguing tight end scenario there, and I think they got two or three good young defensive, uh, you know, cornerstone guys. I think they're they could play with the Steelers this year. We'll see, but uh, I, I mean, and. You know, Cleveland's not going to be horrible forever, I don't think. So it's going to be an interesting year in this division. Let's stay with Cleveland. Uh, I'm loving the Browns on hard knocks, by the way. And certainly yeah. it's an easy act to follow after these last two seasons, but uh, there seems to be something there that they had lacked. They seem better organized, and certainly they have better personnel, don't they? If you if you were to ask me, you, you just said it, Mark. There is something there that they've lacked. And you know what it is? It's the attitude of Jarvis Landry and players like him. You know, Jarvis Landry in that first Hard Knock show was to me, if I'm Hugh Jackson, I am, I'm standing up and cheering when he rips into his receiver group 
for not practicing and not going hard in practice. And he said, hey, this is over. This horse crap Browns thing is over. And, you know, if you're not going to practice hard, get out of here and stuff. like. I mean, finally, finally, you know, and I was skeptical on paying a slot receiver so much money the way they paid Jarvis Landry. But finally, Mark, you seem to have this sort of uh, this attitude among a bunch of players on this team. Like, we are tired of this stuff, and we're going to do something about it. Time will tell if it works. And, uh, you know, you may have to uh, put boxing gloves on the coordinators because Todd Haley and, uh, <laughs> and Greg Williams have been going at it. But you know what? I'll tell you what. I'd honestly rather have that than I would be, hey, hey, nice game, good job. We lost 32-6, to six, but, boy, medals for trying this week, guys. No, no, I, I definitely agree. And staying with the AFC, beyond the usual favorites, the team that intrigues me is the L.A. Chargers. I think they yeah. could be really, really good, and I think you probably agree with that, don't you? Well, I spent time with Philip Rivers Saturday night in Phoenix, and uh, we had a good conversation. And one of the things that I said is that losing your tight end, Hunter Henry, really, really concerns me. Like, Hunter Henry, to me, could have been this year. He tore his ACL in May at minicamp. Hunter Henry, to me, could easily, easily, be, uh, you know, have Antonio Gates production in that offense. And and I think that is the one thing about that team that worries me. They got enough defensive weapons and all that. But Rivers told me, he said, you just got to watch Mike Williams, 6'4", 225, first-round pick last year, receiver, had back issues the whole year, seems to be back and okay. And he said, just watch what Mike Williams does in the intermediate part of the field. Uh and, 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 you know, I think we'll be okay there. But I think you're absolutely right. Mark, nobody remembers this. This team was 9-3 and three in the last 12. Three of the losses, all three losses to playoff teams, two of them to New England and Jacksonville. And they totally, totally blew the Jacksonville game. This is a team that feels, I can tell you this, is still spitting nails over missing on the playoffs last year. So I think they come into this year, you're right. They are my uh they're my uh my team that that uh, I think them and Baltimore in the AFC are going to surprise people. We're talking to Peter King. Check out his uh Football Morning in America column at uh, nbcsports.com. More than a column, just uh your source for everything involving the NFL. Uh and in you your know, latest Mark, uh Football really, Morning that's, column, that's, Peter, uh, that it's, it's column a, is a way of life. <laughs> it really is. It absolutely <laughs> is. Uh, the latest one was a great piece on Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, and that's an odd dynamic there, isn't it? Not bad, but odd. And he really does give the Niners a good shot at real improvement, doesn't he? My feeling about Garoppolo is that I'm absolutely, totally buying Garoppolo. I, I I realize he's only played seven games, and people think it's insane that he's the third highest paid player in NFL history after starting seven games. I get it. I get the angst about this, but I'm just telling you, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan is as skeptical. He's he's skeptical the way Bill Parcells used to be, and the way Chuck Knoll used to be. And I'm serious about this, but 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 he, I mean, he's leading. The Garoppolo parade. I think Garoppolo is going to be special. My worry about that team, honestly, uh, 
I think their skill positions, uh, skill position players are, are not good. And Garoppolo really is going to have to make chicken salad out of that thing. Uh, the only guy, you know, really tight end running back wide receiver to me, the only one is Marquise Goodwin, who's got world class sprinter speed and, and I think he could really emerge as a special. Just a guy. Now, uh, I want to move to the uh, uh, L.A. Rams for a second. Did Todd Gurley's contract really change the landscape for what running backs are going to get paid? Or is he the exception to the rule? I think you need one more to change it, okay? So I don't think it'll be Le'Veon. I think the Steelers will, if he if he if if he'll do it, I think they'll make him play out this year, and then it's good by Le'Veon. Um, I think the real test case huge, huge, huge test case right now is David Johnson. Now, David Johnson will be the best bargain in all of sports this year at $1.88 million, it, you know, if he doesn't reach a new deal with Arizona. Um, he had one of the great years the running backs had in the years I've covered the league in 2016. Uh, it was absolutely terrific. But I think that what we're seeing, honestly, is we're seeing a staring contest between him and the one more running back contract has to get signed, and that when that happens, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Todd Gurley is not an outlier. It's the start of a trend. So that to me is the thing I would watch out for here in the next next. Uh, I think the next few weeks. Now uh, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, who is not at Steeler camp yet and probably won't be for a few more weeks. Uh, I think it's fair to question his focus. I don't blame him for sitting out because of the franchise tag thing, but uh, is this the year Bell's tardiness might catch up with the Steelers, especially with one foot already out the door? It's a great question, Mark. That would really worry me. And, look, it was nothing. I met with Mike Tomlin when I was in camp a couple weeks ago. It was nothing that Mike Tomlin said for a quote. It was just I could see in his eyes and I could tell sort of in his tone. I think he's worried about Le'Veon Bell for two reasons. Number one, if it's all for one, one for all, if everybody is in there working hard in camp, and then one day, all of a sudden, he comes in, he comes in and uh, he hasn't been there, you know, what does the rest of the team think of that, number one? Number two, you know, the road is littered with guys who've missed training camp, who come in late, and they end up getting hurt, or they just don't have a great year. And I'm not saying that Le'Veon Bell is not in phenomenal shape and is not doing well and all that stuff. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. The thing I am saying is that, you know, if you're not practicing with a football team, if you're practicing independently, I just will have my antennae up if he shows up a week before the season or whatever. And and all of a sudden, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's legitimate to wonder how well he's going to play without having been through the kind of practices you need to be in. In my opinion. Now, in that vein, it looks like Aaron Donald, uh, who of course is a Pittsburgh guy, may soon sign with the the Rams, and that's good. He deserves more than he's making, and the Rams need him. Why did the Rams wait till last to sign Aaron Donald? That struck me funny, and it certainly struck him funny. Um, I think they've been trying to sign Donald for a long time. I know Kevin Demoff, the uh, president of the Rams, uh, has taken a few trips 
to see Donald and his representatives in the offseason. They've tried to bridge a huge gap. They've been unable to do so. And in my opinion, this is my opinion, Mark, I, I think this is one of those cases where Aaron Donald, perhaps rightfully so, after 51 games last year, Chris Collinsworth said Aaron Donald is a pro football Hall of Famer. He, he, you know, he is, he's, he may be taking the mantle right now for J.J. Watt as the best defensive player in football. Of course, Watt hasn't done it for the last two years. So, you know, right now, to me, he is the best defensive player in football. And my feeling is, without any doubt, that the Rams are going to get something done with him. I just, I I think it might be a while. I think this is going to be one of those things that you'll be surprised that whatever day it happens, whatever day the announcement comes. Uh, how is the helmet rule going to work out? Uh, the flag for hitting with the helmet. Usually the new rule gets called a lot, and then the refs dial it back after a bit. Uh, what are your expectations? I think it's going to be ugly really early in the season. I was talking to an official when I was going through Carolina, um, uh, a longtime official, Jeff Seaman, uh, and he said, hey, you know, probably what you're going to see, with, as, as happens with some of the new rules, Probably what you're going to see is that uh, he's uh, is that you're going to have this thing officiated better by midseason than it is early in the season. It will be, uh, you know, very much to me anyway. You know, it's going to be disastrous befalling the league. Uh, you know, for the first two or three weeks. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hi, Dylan, how are you? We got the clap, can't be beat. Got it off the back of a toilet seat. The X at 105.9. Now there's a whole bunch of uh, photos of AB signing autographs for fans after the practice at Latrobe Memorial Stadium. Well, of course he is, because he's at a PR low point, and he's trying to get some back. He's doing it for himself. Everything he does... He does for himself. And then Bruce Gradkowski tweets about how he always gives back to the fans. Dude, you were the jabroni quarterback. People have forgotten you. What you think doesn't matter. Bruce is a nice guy, but my God, when ass-kissing is that blatant, I don't think AB's going to hire you to be his driver, Bruce. I just don't think that's going to happen. Time not to ask Mark anything. Brought to you by Chipino Restaurant and Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house, so be sure to check out Chipino in the strip. Let's go to Kiko in the car. Kiko, ask Mark anything. Yes, uh, I was wondering why there was never a spinoff from Seinfeld, and I've seen Jason Alexander doing commercials for Kentucky Fried Chicken as he may be Curtain, or what do you uh, no, no, I'd I, I do a commercial for KFC. They pay big money. Uh, I don't think Seinfeld works without all four. I don't think you could spin off any one character and have it work. Do you? Oh, I thought maybe like the Costanzas. But no, no, it was such an ensemble cast. Don't forget uh, uh, Jerry Stiller, who played uh, George's dad, went on to be the father of Leah Remini in uh, The King of Queens. Playing basically exactly the same character. So, uh, 
You know what else hurt Seinfeld? The finale was so terrible. I mean, it was the worst possible finale that I think moving forward from that would have been hard. That finale was that bad. It's ironic because Seinfeld is one of only two sitcoms that totally holds up all these years later. You know, that and All in the Family. I mean, that 70s show, too, because I love it, and it was dated by intent to begin with. But uh, for Seinfeld's last episodes to be that bad was just, I I never saw that coming. And I think Jerry Seinfeld would tell you that he thought, in retrospect, it was terrible as well. Let's go to uh, Rob in the car. Rob, ask Mark anything. Hey, Double M, how you doing today? Good. Uh, Did you see a better call saw last night? Yeah, we've been talking about it for most of the show. Where you been? Sorry, I was in the car. I wasn't listening earlier. Um, what do you think? Uh, how do you think Nacho is going to respond being kind of forced to work under Gus now? He seems like an independent character, and I feel like that's something that'll be cool to see progress. If there, it will be cool to conflict. see progress. Here's one thing we do know: we do know at some point Nacho gets killed because he was not a character in Breaking Bad. Exactly. Also, uh, how. I thought it was awesome to see uh, Ray Seahorn, who uh, plays Kim, uh, make Howard look like a dink at the it end of the episode. It was one of the best moments in the show's history. The promo that uh, that Kim Wexler cut on Howard Hamlin was just unbelievable. I was, like, leaning forward in my chair, like, cheering her on. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. And it was so good that it flustered Howard, which he normally never gets. Let's go to uh, Matt in the car. Matt, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Yeah, I just bought a house. I want to get your input. What color should I paint my living room and dining room? Well, I mean, is there really a choice there? Doesn't everybody paint it white? No, no, not white. I mean, I was thinking maybe something a little more. I thought maybe you'd have something a little better. Well, mine, mine white. are white. I mean, like not like off-white. You know what I mean? That cream-colored type of deal? Okay, a little cream, I guess. Yep. You know what I would do? I would paint it blood red and hope it drives you insane. Let's go to Jeff and Mars. Jeff, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. I find it amazing that you were able to sneak on the field uh, at, at Three Rivers with a bottle of Coke. But my question to you is, how long will it be before we have marijuana commercials in the NFL? Oh, with, that's a good question. If, if, if the league would clear players to smoke pot, if it wasn't tested for anymore... Would players endorse marijuana? Yeah. Then you'd be passing a ball over when you're sitting there waiting for Mean Joe Green coming off the field. I don't think Mean Joe Green had time for bowls. I just just doesn't strike me as that. Today was a great show. I gotta give myself a lot of credit. I don't know where it goes from here. You know, one thing you should understand. When Antonio Brown turns into a schmuck and a circus act on such a regular basis, part of me enjoys talking about it. It gives a bigger part of me just a headache. But I can't let a guy act like that go unnoticed. I can't do it. That's not within me. And I can't believe the amount of people, including in the media, that are giving him a free pass for disappointing sick kids or or for insulting a writer who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I can't believe anybody thinks that that's acceptable behavior in even the remotest sense. And if you're the kind of guy who says, oh, who cares what he does as long as he plays, then you're as shallow and as big of a dink as he is. Fact. Be a decent human being. 
You might not know what to hear me on this show. I'm an exceedingly decent human being. You know what I would love to do? I would love, I could afford, I couldn't afford, well, I could actually. I'd love to, like, give a charity 100K and, and put it all over Twitter and say, okay, I just gave a lot more than one half of 1% of my salary to a charity, top that 84. And he wouldn't. He absolutely would not. He might give a whole bunch of free copies of Madden 19 EA, but more money than that. Let, let's go real quick to Kim. Kim's holding on. Kim, ask Mark anything. Um, hi, Mark. This is Kim. I'm a big fan of yours. Thank we, you. We even have pictures together. So oh, nice. my question to you is, have you considered doing the redundant Kiki Challenge? And how do you feel about what? that? I have no idea what you're talking about. What are you talking about? You know how they have that Kiki Challenge going on, I guess, where the driver is driving and the passenger steps out the car and do that Kiki Challenge of I love you. I have zero idea what you're talking about. Goodbye. It sounded like you want me to jump out of a moving car. There are days when that don't seem half bad. What a great show today. An absolutely great show. Thanks to Peter King. Thanks to Stan. And thanks to me. I could not do it without me. Me is all I need. 105.9 X.